in our today's episode with Talk with Andy. Andy is a Swiss knife Indian HR leader. He has 12 plus years of work experience in HR functions like talent development, performance management, employee relations, leadership development, framing HR policies, workforce planning and HR digitization has been fortunate to take on additional ownership of change management, strategy planning, cultural change and company vision alignment to the teams and leaders. Andy, welcome. Thank you, Spiros. Thank you very much for the invite. It is great pleasure and uh, honor to have you here in this uh, episode with us. Um, uh, I was um, waiting for uh, for this conversation. Uh, as in the previous discussion we had together, uh, there were a lot of interesting stuff that uh, are quite impressive according to your journey, to your professional journey. And uh, I am really looking forward to further discuss them and dig deeper in the fields of your expertise and your uh, and your knowledge. So before we start, uh, tell us a few things on what are you doing right now and uh, where are you coming from? Uh, what is your background and uh, where and how did you gain this experience? Okay, so first of all, you know, uh, the feeling is mutual. I'm also looking forward to this conversation. And uh, let's try to, you know, uh, create some knowledge which our viewers can use in this, you know, in the in times to come. To answer your first question, uh, I think, let me start from where I am currently. Mm -hmm. So, hello everyone, I am in Mumbai, India, or as you know it, Bombay. Okay, yeah. but we like to call it Mumbai and Bombay both. And I am associated with a company called Logi Next as an associate vice president human capital. Mm -hmm. So as a company, what we do is we create or develop SaaS-based software for logistic industry for automation and delivery. So we serve to, uh, you know, most of the overseas customer uh, in, in Malaysia, in Dubai, Saudi, and so on and so forth. And But all the software creation is done by us in India. Mm -hmm. My journey uh, has been all over the place, uh, an Indian by birth, but a global citizen by work. Okay. So started with India, Indian roots. Uh, for my further education, education, I did my master's in human resource management and master's in training and development from Griffith Business School, Brisbane, Australia. Mm -hmm. That was my first global exposure, my first footstep into the global world, per okay. se. And uh, I spent good uh, five years time in Australia where I studied as well, I worked as well. Mm -hmm. And yes, before that also I was working in India in different parts of the country. It's a, it's a, it's a massive, big country as a, as a nation. A uh, lot of different cultures, a lot of different practices, uh, human behaviors, and my work is into human resource. So, the only mandate I have is to manage people. Okay. 
and people are managed by cultures behaviors thought process so though i am managing one entity but in order to manage that one entity i have to manage multiple touch points yeah and that's what makes my journey interesting because i have been blessed and um, you know enough to work in different part of the country over the globe so i've worked in australia i've worked in dubai uh, you know uh, india as, as well mm-hmm. and through this i have uh, you know interacted and had an opportunity to work with uh, you know europeans americans south american asians southeast asian so a lot of different cultures and i found out that okay these cultures are very very important mm-hmm. as a as a human practice so yeah the journey has been 13 years different industry and uh, it's been fantastic awesome awesome this is really uh, great and uh, also impressive so uh, having uh, this uh, short introduction according to your background and your uh, your actual background I mean, let's jump to our uh, first question that okay. is what are the must have skills in this vocal world for professionals uh, both for workers and managers street professionals if there is any differentiation on the um, skills that they need or must have see uh, when it comes to vuka mm-hmm. there are only must have skills okay there are no nice to have or no should have <laughs> because i think just to put a analogy to it which can you know uh, convey a, a simple message to everybody that we are mm-hmm. living in a world where we have to run Yes. and at the same time we also have to tie our laces mm-hmm. okay so it's like a marathon where you are running with your sport shoes you see your laces is open but you can't stop at the same time you can't have a break and you know so you have to do that so in order to do something like this mm-hmm. you the only skill set you need is the must have that nice to have and should have is no more a luxury we can have okay so what is important okay part 2 are the skill sets can be bifurcated into two different subsets say managers and followers or leaders and followers based on my experience in and in my humble opinion the answer is no okay the skill set is same but the degree to understanding and applicability can be different mm-hmm. so skill a might be required at a manager level 4.5 out of 5 but for his or her team it could be required at 3 out of 5 right but the whole team has to have that skill in in an acceptable standard of average of say 3 mhm only then as a team they can survive in vuka or they can you know push through vuka all right coming back to the skills we talk about the first skill is resilience one thing vuka which has taught me over the last 5 years is 
we're living in a technology world uh, uh, in a, you know and now we also have a lot of search engines forget that we have now chat gpt a ai enabled search engine which is which practically tells you how to fly a rocket at the back, backyard of your house yeah. we have youtube videos telling us do how to do a open heart surgery if you want to learn what you need is a cadaver and tools so my point i'm trying to make is knowledge is abundant available at your fingertip in seconds true so the problem is not the answer the problem is how to ask the right question to frame that question is a skill and how it connects to resilience resilience mean you face it's not about facing the problem it's about being comfortable with the problem first mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so to give you example uh, as we grow up old in a you know as a management student i think uh, my favorite analogy to understand any management model was human body a lot of my good professors has used human body as an example to teach management concept you know right so let's say if i have a headache for example now what does resilience mean let's say if it's a one time headache i'll just take a pill and you know i'll say okay it's it's fine but let's say what if if it's a migraine or if it's something which is continuous or god forbid touch wood doctor say you know what andy this is going to stay with you for long this is the rarest of thing no you know nothing has happened to anybody like this you are the first case so i have to live with that headache every single day mm-hmm. and it comes exactly between 8 to 10 or scenario b it comes any time for 2 hours <laughs> so resilience means i make peace with it i be comfortable with it i find way to fight first and not to win mm-hmm. because first is to fight because once i do that once i become resilient then my cognitive ability kicks in to find the solution because the first vuka stands for volatility mm-hmm. it's so big if we go back to our experiences and say okay hey what you know we did this so let's do this we're going to a steep fall because vuka will throw you something which is very very new mm-hmm. so resilience is a first skill which everybody should learn make a peace with your pain number one okay this pain uh for the headache was uh, a metaphor but uh do you also mean with the pains of your everyday struggles and uh, difficulties yes, yes. that you need to cope uh, uh covid-19 global struggle for everybody okay you know we were not used to wear masks Mm-hmm. as a human being we were not meant for social distancing we like to be with people we like to hug them we like to handshake yeah right we like to meet people face to face mm-hmm. right we like to have a dinner table which is square or a circle Absolutely. right yeah. now we say okay man you know what 
if we still want to keep on doing this for a long time, mm -hmm. we have to do some adjustment. Sure. And in day life, let's say your workforce is super smart than you now. The workforce has become aware. They have become intelligent. They have much more technical know-how than the previous generation or their own managers sometimes. Because now we are dealing with young millennial Gen Z mm -hmm. workforce. These guys know exactly what they want. They don't know how, they don't know the how part, but they, do, they, they know the what part. Our generation knew the how part, <laughs> but the what was always a question, what I want. I know how, I know how, because I will do hard work, I will do this, I will study that. Okay. But why I'm doing this, that was a question. So resilience is a thing which is, you know, you make peace with your pain, mm -hmm. be steady, understand the problem first by staying with the problem for a while. Okay. And then pick up a chunk of that one problem, say, okay, I will solve this first. So that's what COVID, you know, protocol was. Mm -hmm. I cannot stop or I cannot find the cure. So I will stop the contamination. So sometimes it's not solving the problem. It's sometimes delaying the problem also. All right. All right. The first thing resilience, a second most important skill is learning agility. How fast one can learn in today's time is a make or break factor. So there's a lot of debate going on on a lot of forums that you know AI will replace human beings, AI will steal jobs, AI will do this, AI will do that. Mm -hmm. My take on that subject is AI will never take your job, but a person who knows AI will definitely take your job. Okay. Whether you want to use it or not, that's a different story. But if somebody is using against you, mm -hmm. you should know that tactic. Okay. Right? So learning agility, how quickly you can learn something and apply it. That's a make or break. So first is resilience. Second is learning agility. And the third, and the most important, I would say, is a mindset shift. Okay. So resilience is about your operations. It's about your body. It's about your willpower. It's about your uh, pain threshold. Mm -hmm. Okay. If somebody is, you know, hammering me on this hand, like with an iron hammer, resilience means... I will not take this hand away. I will say, okay, you beat right. it. You know, like in school, I don't know what's culture in Europe, but in Indian culture, they you know that sometimes the teacher will, you know, give you a slide of a, you know, duster or something like it's a, it's a, Or in when we when we were into army camps, you know, our our colonel or our commander will say, okay, you have done a punishment, go and do a ten round. Okay, have a gun on your on your on your hand and all yeah. that. Right, so that's a. So, so my body is taking care of it as a resilience. Mm -hmm. 
but i am telling my mind this is not punishment this is fun okay and let me ask you something Please. how how this um, you previously referred to uh, a skill that it is to learn how to ask the right questions how yeah. this uh, thing will help uh, or support the uh, things with the resilience that you are describing so when you ask the right question you will understand problem from the cause and not from the symptoms okay mm -hmm. so let's say let's do a, you know we'll say okay you are a doctor and i am a patient right now i come to you and i say doctor i am having cold i am having fever i am having bad throat now if you just go on what i'm saying as mm -hmm. a doctor and you prescribe oh, nothing much man it's just a viral fever you know the weather has changed just take this medicine but a good doctor probes okay so is the is the cold is only in the morning how is the how is the how is the flu is is the cough dry or it's wet okay that that asking question mm -hmm. or forming a right question is asking for a right information because if you don't have a right question you will get a lot of data you will not get the information you're right and those in resilience you don't ask question to others you ask question to yourself right why i am in this what do i want why should i go through this pain is there a you know light at the end of a tunnel those are your positive assertive questions or oh why this happened with me why i am the only one who is suffering mm -hmm. those are also questions but those are not adding to your resilience they are taking it away from you sure. i hope i have answered the you know answered the question which you were trying to ask clear and loud that was a great example and thank you for that so uh, before i interrupt you you started you, you you said something about the proper mindset so as far as we know there are two types of mindset the uh, fixed mindset and the growth mindset, growth mindset yeah. so what uh, according to your experience how how did you experience during your career during your journey these uh, different types <clears throat> in zero to three years so when i was fresh out of college mm -hmm. you know my head was high i was ready to take on the world because i hey i have an international degree i am the smartest person in the room mm -hmm. i need a, a sports car in a year i need a you know maybe a 70th floor office with a view okay and uh, a secretary would be nice you know okay, okay. that was a, my mindset for first 03 because i i thought i know everything Mm -hmm. and people around me are stupid okay <laughs> okay that was me a youthful arrogance in first 0 to 3 years okay and then reality hit me right there was this time so i tell you how this shift happened okay so you know we have this practice of appraisals right in mm -hmm. every company you work with human appraisal i mean uh, uh, performance appraisals correct right? every company does it globally yeah right 
and it's all about your boss is telling you hey you know what you have to build confidence you have to go to mars you have to win a football world cup and then i'll give you promotion yes sir it's all about i want i want i want i want right so one time i asked my so it was a discussion goal setting this back you know and all that and i said hey you know what i want to know i know people in this company at a, at a at a level which is slightly one level above me and i am better than them and you know it too then why i am not at their level what is stopping me to what is stopping you to promote me to that level mm-hmm. and the answer was which is a very beautiful answer which i received maybe 9 years back but the answer that stuck with me like a tattoo is you know what there are 10 things which you know which is you are right that you are better than the other guy mm-hmm. find that one thing which he does which he does better than you okay there is one thing which is stopping you and then i started reading then i came to know this 80 20 parity law you know 80% 20% 20% 80% and then it landed me to mindset and let me tell you in the psychology when we started no, neither of the mindset is good and bad let me tell you in survival situation your fixed mindset will help you okay when it's a fight and flight uh, response the fixed mindset will help you because you have to survive mm-hmm. okay you have to eat your dog you have to eat your dog at that time growth mindset will not help you oh no dog is my friend you know he has been no sorry okay. but to excel in life mm-hmm. when you are just that one inch away to break that ceiling mm-hmm. you are like that bird who is finally pushing the last crack of the egg and you are pushing okay that time the growth mindset works Amazing. So, fixed mindset is more about solution driven, with mm-hmm. a short term perspective. A growth mindset is more about offering driven, with a very long term perspective. Okay. Okay. Fixed mindset sometimes solves operational problems in mm-hmm. maybe your life in in the individual life or in a company's life career. but let's say a company who is trying to go from x to 10x or x mm-hmm. to 5x then a growth mindset will take that company or that level okay okay successful companies has always started with a growth mindset so companies like apple okay companies mm-hmm. like google they they were never worried about who will buy it all right they avoided they were saying we will build the best mm-hmm. okay they said okay we will we will uh, we will ensure this is the best in the available market right so from journey of 0 to 3 i was in a fixed mindset then after 3 years when i started taking leadership roles when also mm-hmm. i had to think about others see being a leader means you know you are not only uh, creating you know numbers on the board it's about how many leaders you can create under your command that is also good leadership 
Okay. So is leadership for everyone? It's in, in, in current world, leadership is situational. Okay. Okay. So, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sports fan and I, I do, uh, 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 you know, uh, rafting in, mm -hmm. in, 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 in Ganga or as you know, Ganges, whitewater rafting. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a team sports. We have six people, one in the center, and you know, two two on each side and one in the front. Okay, and we are going through rapids. It's a rocky, right? Now in that, nobody can say I am a leader, mm -hmm. because when we are when we are rowing when we are rowing and when we are traveling through that river, whoever gets the boulder in the way, that person becomes a leader. Okay, and everybody follows. Mm -hmm. So it's a situation leadership. And yes, to answer, so leadership is now no more about titles, it's about influencers. All right. How one can influence behaviors towards the outcome is leadership. And I'm not going into I'm not going to the morality part of it. Good, bad, mm -hmm. we are not touching that. I'm just saying as a concept, I'm saying. Yeah. So after by the time I started the leadership position, I started, you know, practicing the dwarf mindset in my daily life also and in my professional life also. Then I met one more, my mentor, and he said, if you want to be promoted, don't become so good. Okay. Yes. So I said, care to explain. Say, see, if you become too good, mm -hmm. you will become irreplaceable because a lot of people are dependent on you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And nobody will let you go. So you just have to be good and make everybody else around you better. You have to kick up yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what, I mean, I'm not sure about the other, uh, uh, you know, countries, but in Indian army, which I have very high respect in Indian army, each leader is trained to lead one level up in his promotion. Exactly. Uh, so Lieutenant Colonel, Colonel is trained for being a Colonel and, and, and also discharge all duties of Colonel at the time he's Lieutenant Colonel. Because Army is a perfect example of VUCA in the what in the battlefield, anything can happen. And then you become a Colonel. At that time, I cannot pull you out, say, hey, you know what? Go to a business school and do this program and come back and take a promotion. No, yeah. there are people dependent on you, they are life dependent on you. So we train you one level up mm -hmm. in the hierarchy, but we put you one level down. So that if time comes, you are ready. Okay. And that's growth mindset, thinking one step ahead. Okay. That really works so, because we use the same thing in. Uh... Uh, both in the military that I came from and uh, also in, uh, in diving. Uh, as an instructor, uh, there is a, a direction uh, that says that uh, if you want to uh, teach people how to dive, let's say, 20 meters, then you have to be able to dive safely 40 meters. So, yeah, yes. quite a nice example. You know the sign, you know, that this is a sign. I did my diving instruction in, in Australia. So, you know the sign, we know what, you know, why do I this? So, yeah, you, you know, you know, because pressure always comes uninvited. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And 
you are never ready for the trouble. Mm-hmm. You are always caught by surprise. Every time. If anybody says I'm prepared, I'm I'm not gonna buy it. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh Andy, let me ask you something. What was the, the most uh, challenging uh, situation that you had to to deal with, to cope uh, during your career? What was the one thing that happened, except the one that you previously talked about, uh, with um, colleagues or co-workers that you had to, uh, that you realized that, okay, here uh, it is a chaos? Okay. So if I... Just take example of last uh, five years. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so the kind of jobs I had, uh, you know, I have always worked with a company who are into who has some connect with governments or essential services. Mm-hmm. So either we are directly related to providing those services, or we are indirectly involved in ensuring those services are provided. So we cannot be stopped. We cannot stop our thing. You know, we cannot stop our production or whatever. Yeah. When the pandemic happened, mm-hmm. and we are multi-location spreaded, mm-hmm. and each location had a different rate of death, different rate of spade spread, different rate of panic when it comes to COVID. Government guidelines centrally are aligned, but each state also has its own guideline. Okay. And being in HR, you have to follow the land of the law. Right? So my pickle situation, when I was in a pickle, was in that time where we were first thinking about how we ensure that our people are safe, number one. Mm-hmm. Because our people never said that we don't want to go to field because they knew the importance of the job they were doing. Good. Good. You know, they're saying, okay, we'll go. But then then our responsibility was how to make them safe, mm-hmm. how to make them feel protected mm-hmm. to a threat which the whole world is not aware there is no documentation available for it. There is no uh, previous precedence available for it. We have the money to buy it, but we don't know what to buy it. Again, framing the right question. Right? At that time, from an HR point of view, my dilemma was that, is it a right decision to send people out in the field? Okay. This was a self-talk I was having with myself before going into a meeting. But as soon as I landed in the meeting, that question never existed. The question was, we are sending people to team. Tell us, how do we make, make them there safe? How do we make them feel safe? And then we started designing things around people's safety from COVID point of view. Because the first thing we told them that was, stay at a location. We will provide you whatever you need. Don't go back to your families if your family has elderly, if your family has kids. Mm-hmm. And this was something which was very unconventional from an HR point of view because as in HR, we are an advocate of work-life balance. 
Yeah. But when COVID came, we are asking them to stay away from their family to ensure that work-life balance still exists. Then we started, you know, when things started doing, uh, you know, we started doing, uh, you know, uh, interactions with our employees every day. There was like me and my team were working like a call center. Okay. We divided people. That every day make a call to these guys, you know, and check on them. You know, there is no script. We we are genuinely scared. Everybody, we are in this together. That was a norm tagline going around at that time. Mm -hmm. We are in this together. But let's now prove it. Talk to them every day. Talk about their day. You know, they will need somebody to vent out. Okay. And the third thing, when everything started being normal and all, I know, when we specially invited a psychologist from from industry to deliver a talk on how to adjust in the new normal. Okay. And we also encourage that if anybody, any employee wants to do a one-on-one -on -one with them, mm -hmm. we are ready to pay for it. But funny. address address your own you know, issues. Because mm -hmm. I'm sure it's not wise to ask what is your feeling in a very open format. Yeah. Neither I want to know that as an HR to an employee. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I can connect with you with somebody who can talk to you and you will be comfortable talking to him or her. So I want to be that bridge. Good. So there was a situation where my employee engagement skills were put to test mm -hmm. where employees are nowhere to be seen. Okay. They are on, they are, everybody's scared. Everybody's like, we don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And my job is to keep that, you know, momentum alive that nothing is going to happen. If anything is happening, we are there to take care of it. Mm -hmm. And as a company, we are taking all the precautions, all the, all the, all the, you know, steps to ensure your safety is not compromised. And that message was not going only loud and clear through mails and through, uh, uh, you know, chats. It was visible. Mm -hmm. It was shown. Mm -hmm. And we had saying, you know, any employee can do an open audit. Lovely. Great. That, that was really, and uh, that was a real life um, experience. And uh, it, the last it, sounds, years. it sounds easy, uh, especially after the, um, the situation. But uh, then, at that time, at that time, it was uh, hard, and uh, we should know uh, also from other professionals in similar position uh, how they were struggling uh, during the uh, the pandemic. Uh, what are the three things that you would advise um, new HR managers uh, now that they are uh, taking their positions and they are starting their journey? to officially lead uh, people. Understand the business cost. Mm -hmm. And when it say understand the business, that means understand the whole ecosystem. What is your business under which ecosystem the business operates? What are the factors in, you, in your control? What are the factors which is not in your control? Have a list with this ready. Mm -hmm. So first is that understand business. 
HR is to support business. Business is not there to support HR. Understand that also. <laughs> okay. So have that business first mindset. Okay. Number two, please learn to work with younger people than you and learn to manage them. Generation Z and generation or millennials per se, they will constitute anywhere 50 to 70% of the workforce in anywhere in the globe you go. Mm -hmm. Okay, these guys are smart, younger, tax heavy. Okay, and they are highly misunderstood. Yeah. With no fault of their own. Mm -hmm. Okay, I always believe in saying that, you know, you should be the leader you never had. Nice one. Okay, be the boss you never had. So learn to work with new age workforce, a millennial workforce. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And last but not the least, upgrade yourself every month. How? Learn something new. So for example, when I was in oil and gas industry um, mm -hmm. between 2012 to 17, my part of my workforce were majorly into welding and fitter, you know, mm -hmm. welder, you know, was two people welding. And my company also, uh, you can say, owned and operated a trade school mm -hmm. as a CSR activity. And CSR was again my responsibility to take care of it. So I used to visit that school every Friday, Saturday. Okay. Just to see how things are going. Okay. Now to become that welder or fitter, what you need is a primary education as an entry qualification. Okay. Right? So I'm not sure in, I mean, in overseas, they call it tertiary education. It's a skill, mm -hmm. it's a skill development school, right? When I was there, I enrolled myself. I said, I want to be, I want to learn welding. All right. It was there, right? Yeah. And if a eighth primary pass student can learn, then why I can't learn? When I learned welding, I knew what a welder go through in his life. Yeah, what are the difficulties that he's coming yeah. You know, we used to hear, you know, oh, you go to Dubai and you see this welder, what kind of, you know, packages they're earning, they're earning more than you. But when you go to Dubai and when you learn, when you see a welder who is doing a 5G welding, 5G welding is exactly vertical. Yeah. Okay, it's in the, and you have to wear the whole suit. It's not only the glass, you have to wear mm -hmm. the whole suit. You have to, if it's a tankage job, you have to kind of, you know, you know, uh, take a pulley and go in, inside the tank and do all the piping, then you have to go inside the pipe and do it, right? I have seen when a welder comes out of a shift, mm -hmm. the first thing he does is remove this, the, 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 you know, the, the not helmet, it's a, it's a kind of a cap, it's a suit. I have seen black colored sweat. It's blacker than the jacket you're wearing right now. 
Come on, it is blue, by the way. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's Dubai. See, you're doing welding in a, in, a, in Dubai, which is a, which is a 44, 45 degrees Celsius, mm -hmm. you know, and you're doing a job which is you know highly labor intensified. Yeah, right. So I, I, when I did welding, I could understand those. The first time when I did welding, and out of curiosity, I removed the. I mean, it, they told you that don't look look with the naked eye. That you know the spark. Mm -hmm. But you know, being a brat, I removed it and I saw it. I couldn't sleep for that time because my eyes were wide open. It stretched your pupil, the light. Crazy. When I in entered into IT, mm -hmm. I was like curious that what these guys do in front of computer all day. And when you go up, I mean, just have a look at the screen. What you see is a black screen with a green, you know, alien language. With a comma and apostrophe and something, I said, "You know what the heck is this?" Right. right. So when in the lockdown and when I was there, I said, "Okay, I think I should learn coding because what coding is is logical reasoning mm -hmm. and analytical skill." Yeah. And this then Google started this show. Anybody can code. I spoke to some of my colleagues that, "Okay, you know what? Which I want to learn coding. What language should I start? Let's start with C plus plus." Nice. So. This helps me in understanding my business, which is the first thing I said. Mm -hmm. Yep. And also my third thing, when you upgrade, when you learn something new, you always push yourself out of your comfort zone. Awesome. 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 Andy, that was a very great and insightful conversation. Uh, it is... Uh, Always great pleasure, you know, to, uh, to listen, uh, experience people like uh, like you from position, from leadership position, uh, like yours. And uh, I really love the, the way that uh, you went through your journey and especially the last things that you just talked about. I mean, uh, the way that you were deciding to uh, go further with your knowledge in order to better understand what the employees are trying to, to accomplish and what they are striving for. Uh, where people can uh, find you? Uh, uh, they can find me on LinkedIn. I'm very much active. Uh, I, I, I would, I mean, you have my credentials and I'm very happy that, you know, if you, if somebody wants, they can, you can share the credential. You can find me very easily, Chandan SB. And um, yeah, that's the best thing to reach out to me as far as professional network is concerned. Awesome. In any case, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the LinkedIn profile of uh, uh, my friend Andy will be uh, down to the comments. Andy, thank you very, very much for being here. Uh, it thank you very much. Again, such a great conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this was Andy. Have a great day of the day and uh, we'll see you to our next episode.